Hello and welcome to Wildlife Photography Unhinged. I'm your host, Alex Perditas, and in today's episode, we'll be discussing with my friend Clement about his, uh, let's say, the dark days of Photoshop journey, and um, maybe just talk about how he's progressed as a photographer from uh, from an absolute beginner to kind of going through this uh, treacherous Photoshop phase to where he is today. And... Um, Without further ado, um, how, how's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, so where are you based and where can people find you? Uh, so at the moment, uh, I live uh, an hour out of Montreal in Quebec, uh, Eastern Canada. Uh, um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is into the wild dot with my lens. Um, you also get a website where you can see uh, the pictures I'm selling and other stuff. Um yeah, that's it. I'm originally from from Europe, from Switzerland, but I moved to Canada about four years ago. Oh, very cool. Um, and what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a chef, professional chef uh, since uh, 2004, 20 years. Oh, that's a while. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how old are you uh, today? 34. 34? Yeah, I started when oh, I wow. was 14. You... Oh, wow. Yeah, you. Yeah, you started when you were young. Yeah, in Europe, uh, we can start apprenticeship as soon uh, after grade nine. You can start working. So I start uh, as a training for three years. And uh, when I turned 18, I got uh, my diploma and I moved to UK straight after that. Oh, very cool. Um, so what got you into wildlife photography? Um, I got interested into photography uh, quite a while ago, but like really like you know, taking snapshots. Uh, I bought my first Canon back in 2012 when, when I lived in New Zealand and uh, a lot of uh, landscape photography, a bit of wildlife, but, you know, not, nothing major, just like, you know, snapshot. And uh, when I moved to Canada in, in 2019, um, I started doing a lot of hikes and, and going by the lakes and, you know, seeing all those wild animals, like you can easily get close to it, like compared to Europe, like seeing a fox in Europe is, it's very, very tough, but here they, they almost eat in your hand, you know? So I started taking uh, more and more pictures and got more interest into it. Uh, also upgrade my gear and, uh, and I got hooked in COVID, you know, a lot of spare time, restaurants were closed. And uh, so I, I really start uh, working hard on it. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get good at it because, you know, it's got nothing else to do. And I love to be in the wild. That, that, that's awesome, man. Um, what are you currently shooting with and what were you shooting with before? So I start uh, with a Canon uh, 1100D. I think in, in Canada, it's got a different name. I think it's the T3 or something like this. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, with the with the kit lens, so 1855 and uh, 100 to 300. And uh, when I first upgraded my gear in, in 2019, 2020, I bought uh, 1D Mark III. Okay. Uh, the, the old, the very yeah, old yeah. version. It had 1 million click on it. <laughs> and and it still bursts you know, and it's 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 still good it's crazy i mean it's it's a tank yeah it, it's two kilo it's very heavy and uh i i bought the 300 f4 to put on that so that was my gear for almost a year then uh after that i bought the uh the rp, Canon okay. RP. um then i sold uh i sold the 300 to buy the 100 to 400 yeah 
And uh, the RP had it for 11 months, not very long. Then I upgraded to, to the R7. Uh, RP was good, but just, you know, tracking the animals and, and autofocus was a bit slow. And I, I, I wanted like a pure wildlife camera. You know, I was doing a bit of wildlife, a bit of landscape. Then I kind of gave up landscape and really focus on wildlife. So uh, I bought the R7. I really didn't have it for long. I probably had it for six, seven months. Then the, I have my final setup now. I, I, I sold it to buy the R8 uh, full frame. And that's really something uh, I needed because I find the R7 in low light. So that's the situation was really a pain in the ass, like very high. You go, you go over a thousand ISO and it was very noisy image. Yeah. I always have to go through AI to get it better. And um so now I shoot with the uh, R8 uh, with the EF 100 to 400 and I also bought uh, the 70 to 200 2.8 so old lens but they still perform perform very well uh in between that I had the 800 f11 uh love you know it's sometimes very good lens sometimes very shit lens um I, I love I love the reach I love the crispiness when you get the lights, but early morning, late late day, it's pain in the ass. Uh, even with a full frame, uh, ISO is is you know f11. You know it's it's nothing you can do at f11. Yep. I'm still I'm still thinking to to buy it to buy it back because I sold it to uh to Matt Parrish uh, on Instagram. Uh, I sold it to the guy living in Ontario. And, uh, you know, he, he, he used that lens a lot. And I see all these pictures. And I'm like, damn, I should have kept that lens. You know, in, in some occasion, the, the 800 F11 is it, it, for the price, the reach, it's, it's a great lens. I mean, it's you can get secondhand for under $1,000 Canadian. I think it, it's a great year. So uh, so now mostly EF 100 to 400 and uh, sometime the 70 to 200 2.8 when when I really get close to to wildlife, you know, it's we know it's not always easy, but like the pictures I, I sent yesterday with the, the green Aaron, it was so close, like 140 millimeters. It's I could more, nearly grab the animals with my yeah. hand, you know. So sometimes I'm, I'm I'm thinking of selling that lens, but for this occasion, I'm so happy I still have my 200 on me, you know. Yeah, you know what? Like I love having a lens in that range, right? I currently have a 135. Uh, 1.8 but I'm yeah. probably going to be buying a uh, 70 to 200 also assuming my curse does not continue this is number seven on yeah. that <laughs> yeah. um so you know having I, I find that when you get into that range of lenses you I don't know you just get this this really nice look to it especially with the faster apertures and um kind of get a little more balance between the uh, the environment and the depth of field on stuff, I, I really enjoy using lenses like that. Yeah. Um, do you have the um the the IS version of the seventy two hundred or yeah 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 okay so the original IS version yeah, it yeah. Is the it's the first version the first version the IS so you know, yeah it's like twelve years old or something but yeah yeah honestly you know the colors is uh when I when I look at my images from the the seventy to two hundred and the one hundred to four hundred the, the the colors you can see. It's it's different, you know. They have they yep. they have they own. Uh, how do you say that? Like the the particularity, you know. It's really I know just by looking at the pictures. I know if it I took it with my two hundreds of my my four hundred, and uh, the grain and the vibes. And uh, I used to you know like lots of European uh, do a close shot like 
all you see in the pictures is the animal, you know, and yep. now I'm, I'm a bit backing up and try to include, include a bit of uh, landscape and, you know, do a bit of environment, environment, shot environment. So you, you include the landscape and, you know, people can see where the animals live and, uh, and and what is like you know instagram people want to see face they want to see details they want to see thin stuff but in prints you know large large probe is is so much better like yeah. you can see oh, the fog yeah. you can see the colors of the trees you can see everything you know so i'm trying uh i'm trying to use a bit uh shorter lens to have more landscape and animal into it you know yeah. Uh, sm small in frame for me it's it's too it's too much you know like some photographer we all know do very small in frame birds and you're like okay it's, it, you know medium in frame it's it, it's good for me you need to still see the animals first catch you know you look at the picture you see the animals you see the environment and that that's what i'm trying to do on most of my images now yeah no for sure and when you're dealing with small in frame images you can get can you run into this uh this issue where you do end up losing that subject and yeah. you're forced to kind of fight to look for it. And so it, it becomes challenging if you can't incorporate enough environment to make the shot interesting. You just have this tiny bird in kind of in the middle of nothing. Yeah. And it, it just creates a very um, uncompelling image. So like, I definitely, um, yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with you on that. I do think that medium frame is a nice compromise, right? Because you have, you can balance things out. You can kind of get a more even distribution of uh, subject matter to environment. Whereas a small frame, you can kind of get a little bit lost. And then large in frame, I mean, you can also... And also when you do small in frame, the environment need to be, you know, looking good. It needs to be impressive environment. If it's just a boring environment, it's just no point. You know, sometimes it's... There's nothing to look at in the background. It's not worth including the environment because it's, it's just boring. So... The, the very small in frame pictures works when there's an amazing environment for me, you know, and, and where I'm shooting at the moment in Quebec, there's no amazing environment like you would, you would see on the West coast of Canada with like huge mountain or waterfalls or whatever, you know, I, I struggle to find like a beautiful landscape. So for me, medium in frame, you more focus straight on the animal and, you know, it's just, it's more getting together, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your uh, photographic journey okay and how your style has changed throughout time um so let's talk about when you just started and kind of up until the uh dark days of photoshop <laughs> all right okay um well i guess i start like everyone else uh, doing snapshots yeah so i just like the the goals was to get as much species i could get you know no matter no matter the composition, no matter the light, no matter whatever, the important was to get the animal in the frame, and that's it. So that 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 was for like three four months. When when I took the photography seriously, three four months was still garbage, you know. Then uh, I started to looking to other people work and got more interested. I understand the lights and understand uh, get to eye level and understand that you know if you want to get uh, some some nice colors, it depends the time of the day, it depends a lot of things. So I start, you know, taking it seriously and uh, trying. Uh, the the composition came in third position. So first, only snapshot. Anything would go in the frame. I take it and I post it. Then after, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to at least get the animal out of the branches or 
you know, that we can see the animals properly and get sharp pictures because at the beginning also, sometimes I thought it was sharp, but when you zoom in, it's, it's out of focus, you know, and it, it's details that I see now. And um, sometimes on Instagrams, you can post it, nobody see nothing, but as soon you do prints and stuff like that, yeah, people would not forgive you if it's not sharp, <laughs> you see it straight away. Um, so I also took some uh, classes uh, uh, of photography with uh, William Botka. Uh, took about 10 hours uh, photography with him, doing uh, on, on, on the field and online. Um, I mean, uh, that was a help for me uh, because you get criticism from someone um, who was better than me at least uh at this time uh now is is not really into wildlife photography no more so i'm not i'm not judging his work at the moment but um he, he you know he was uh, uh he gave me a lot of good hints to to get better and uh, that's when i i start putting my composition into it you know trying to okay i find the animals but let's let's try to put something else you know like uh the environment uh and uh, catching an insect, whatever, you know, trying to, 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 to have more than just the bird or the mammals, you know, I have some action going to it, you know, open wings, uh, open beak, whatever, not just a standing bird. And um, that's when Photoshop kicked in because I see all those very nice images on Instagram, right? With people with nice and blur background and, you know, all those crazy stuff. And you think, is, is it, that really that possible i mean i couldn't get those images before because maybe i don't have the skills or maybe not the gear or not you know a lot of factors but uh photoshop uh you don't need all those factors to, to make it happen you know <laughs> yeah um so i have a friend of mine who's in a, a photography school in montreal and she was oh you should get a, you should get photoshop you should play around with that and and I play around with it. And uh, Photoshop is a it's a great tool, but it's a very complex tool. And uh, without any training, you know, you can look as many YouTube video you want. It it it's still a very very tough thing to to get around. You know. Then um, then I got my first image out from Photoshop, and you know, reaction on Instagram was crazy. I was like, is it just me? We see it's it's a fake image, and like everyone was like, oh, this is great. This is amazing. This is incredible unbelievable and like well you know it works <laughs> let's carry on um i mean i never lied to my audience about photoshop all the time in hashtags i would put composition uh, photoshop or or even uh now that there's ai i would put ai you know i, I never lie about it people ask me i always be honest yes it's it's a fake image you know i, I never I never say to someone, no, it's it's the reality, you know. And uh, some some people message me in, in in private, and it was they would ask, you know, is it real or not? And I would just tell, show them the raw file and say, this is where I start from, and this is the final image. And uh, that also helped me to to get people paying me to teach them, even if I was the shittiest guy on, on Photoshop, people like, oh, I want to do the same. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm I, I'm able to do that, but I'm really shit at it, but I can, you know, share the little skills I have and uh, I got a few dollars out of it. And um, in the same time, I enter a lot of uh, images into a photography competition, but uh, of course, Photoshop is not permitted on, on those competition. So I, I enter normal image, you know, and, uh, and the first year I entered the competition, I, I got... I got finalist for a wildlife photographer of the year from a Canadian Geographic in Canada. 
So that was that was that was crazy, man. First years into photography, get into the final. There's like fifteen thousand image getting into that competition. Then the the same year, I got second place in the Canadian uh, Wildlife Federation uh, competition uh, with another image. So I was like, I just start photography and and two. Uh, I entered two competition. One I end up finalist, and the other one I finished second. So I was like, I might I might have something there. So that that's you know I wanted to to do more, and uh, you want to create an audience on Instagram. So you want to post, post, post. You know you want you want to get through the algorithm. So um, so you you I post every day. I I I used to post every day or twice a day. You know to to get the audience rolling, but. There's not much you can do when you run out of images, you know. <laughs> At yeah, some yeah. point, you, you need yeah, some yeah. content, you know. And uh, and and some season, there's also uh, rarest possibility to see wildlife, you know, in Quebec. When it's minus thirty, minus forty Celsius, you can go and see owls and stuff. But, you know, it's it, it's it's not as spring or fall where there's a lot of wildlife happening, a lot of migration birds and stuff. So that's that's like the second part of Photoshop when I start re-editing some old images and uh, to transform as much as I could to people not to see that it was the same images <laughs> that six months ago, you know? Oh, that's, so, funny. Uh, that's funny. So I took some images from like Fox in summer and turned it into winter blast, you know? And people were like, wow, this is amazing. I was like, yeah. The only thing is real on this image is the fox. Everything around is just fake. And like, <laughs> so, you know, and um, some people uh, that I knew from before Photoshop, like start texting me and say, you should stop doing that. Like it, it, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting out of control. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but man, the audience is reacting and, and, you know, I was still having a lot of fun doing it. It, it. The only thing is my computer was so slow. It took me like eight hours to do just one <laughs> images. And so, um, so yeah, that was keeping me, keeping me busy uh, winter evenings to, to do all that. Then, uh, then after, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is too much. I, I just can't do it no more. So I delayed Photoshop. Same time, my hard drive crashed and I lost all my uh, Photoshop uh, images. Thank, so thank I was God. Like, yeah, this, is a, this is a sign. I need to stop that. <laughs> So I went back to 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 what I was better at, what what helped me to win competition and get finalists into competition, you know. So now I'm I'm not posting every day. I'm uh, I also went through my Instagram uh, page to I delete over six hundred images on my Instagram, and I'm really trying to build uh, a sharp portfolio, and you know, really trying to show my best. Um, I also I. You know, I, I sold for almost $10,000 of calendars, pictures, and all random photography stuff last year. And uh, it was my first year into photography. So I was like, you know, it's it's good business for a first year. And mm -hmm. my level is, it was shit. It's, it's, I'm still shit. But when I look at my images from last year, I was like, why does people bought my images? Like, yeah, I look at yeah. it, it's terrible. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I, would like to, I would like to talk about that a little bit. Cause that's something I've noticed with myself too, when I was progressing as a photographer, um, back when I was shit, I was selling so much more in terms of prints. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it was funny cause the, well, cause it, I think the thing is you have a, there's a difference in the, uh, the market between like, you know, teaching photography and then also like selling prints because you're not selling prints to other photographers usually. 
right? Yeah. You send to other people. And yeah. they kind of go in with an impression that everything is real. Um, yeah, yeah. And so they're, they're very impressed by some of these, um, I guess, shit edits, right? Which is, like, I think it's, but I think it's funny because in some ways it would have been good for my business to stay kind of doing those heavier edits yeah, yeah. Um, instead of transitioning out. But then again, I guess for me at least, because I'm, I'm an educator, I have to hold a certain standard of quality, if, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's like I would not be able to maintain that side of the business if I went down that route. So I just think it's interesting seeing how some, and just how different it can be in different business models with with regard to the approach that you give the images, right? Um, I, I told this story in, um, I think I think it was the first episode where I went to the framer and she like shit on my images that I had. Yeah. I had yeah, and um, I mean she's like one of them, but the other one she shit on, and then but the image that she pulled out was like a shitty snapshot of uh, Cardinal and just show me how much she liked it. Yeah. And it was like super over edited, like really like crunchy and um like Europeanified, if you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, Oh yeah, but I really love the colors and the tones in this image. It really invokes a mood. And it's like and I'm just sitting there like I'm just taking this. I'm like, no, please. But like I also realized that to a certain extent, you know, customer is always right. Like it's sometimes you 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 do a lot I do a lot of color grading and changing, you know just changing the colors can change the atmosphere. You know, you can put like a dark mood to it. And, and that's, that's what uh, most of my picture was selling good is, is like dark mood stuff. It's, is nothing but real, you know, but people like that, that atmosphere and, and, and they don't realize it's not real, you know, yeah, the animal yeah. was there, but it's just, I show you the row and you'll be like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a picture. But when you put, you know, put a bit of darkness into it and, you know, it's, I had that owl, uh, uh, Barrett owl I took a couple of years ago where uh, he, he was doing stuff with his legs and like, you know, it, 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 it was really freaky pictures, like perfect for Halloween. I, I saw like 20 or 30 of that images. But when you look at the row, you know, it's, it was like two o'clock on the afternoon and bright light. And but when you look at the picture, you think it's like uh, sundown and it's nearly the moon's going to light up the face of the uh, the owl, you know? Yeah. And, um I'm not really into that in no more. You know, I, I, I try to keep it the, the, the purest as possible. Uh, even sometimes it's raw file I post, post. I, I'm not even touching the lights, you know. I try to do the work on the field and uh, sometimes the light is just not there and, and that's it. I just keep the image for myself. But if, if everything goes to place and the image is good, like the green urn I got uh, last night, there's some, it's going to be some, Beautiful images. I'm I'm really looking to post them. It was so close. The sun was going down, and uh, I got him fishing. He, he I even got images when he catched that dragonfly in his yeah, mouth. Yeah, that was Everyone, cool. Everyone's gonna think it's fake. Everyone. <laughs> I, I'm really scared because I sent it to a few of my friends, and they were like, "Is that Photoshop?" I was like, "No, this is real for real." I'm like, "Can you send us the row?" I was like, "Okay, I do it." And uh, <laughs> I, I think. I hope that's gonna. I, I hope people's gonna react as much as they used to when it was Photoshop, because finally one of my image will will do as good as a Photoshop image, you know. And 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 maybe that's the small details I need to to get into my images, you know, in, like interaction of of wildlife, you know. And 
And uh, I, I'm really proud of that image because that's that species I've been trying to do close up since beginning of summer. Like every kayak, uh, every time I pull my kayak out, it was mostly for loon or for green heron. And um, I even start to build a, a floating height because I was like, I can't get any closer from those. It's, they see you, they fly away, you know? Then uh, last night got on the lake and I saw him on the other side of, of, of like the lake. It's a small lake. Then uh, I got closer and closer. It took me two and a half hours to do literally 30 meters to get small, little by little to get closer. He get used to me. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. I I got to him when light sun was just going down, perfect lights, and uh, two hours with him was was amazing. So yeah, yeah, those opportunities are just magical, aren't they? When you can get really close to a subject and yeah, get a, get the get everything kind of lined up how you want it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard work because that's when you forget all the times you went out for nothing or for shitty pictures. You know, there's. Yep. Everyone, because you know, when I first started Instagram and I post a lot of wildlife, and everyone's like, "Like, do you live in a zoo or what?" Like every day you see fox, coyotes, owls, and it's like, no, it's just it's hours of searching, and and I just bank all those images. Then after you can post one day after the other, you know. And uh, people often forget that you can go sometimes ten times out on the kayak or in the forest, and you see nothing, nothing yep. interesting. Yep. And um, so one day's occasion, like like that when the light is there the animals there i mean i took uh 1800 images last night and i looked through it and i kept 50 only but uh you know at the end it's going to be only two posts but because yep. uh, i can't post a uh, hundred times the same animal or it's going to be through the years i'll be able to to go through through and people will forget it's the same animal at the same place you know <laughs> Yeah, I think people would be surprised people who don't do a lot of wildlife photography would be surprised at how like how variable it, it can actually be. So like when you go out, you know, sometimes you'll get nothing. Other yeah. times you'll get like literally a portfolio of images in a day. Yeah. And I it's... mean, like the first year of photography, all right? Yeah. Listen to that. I went to that famous owl spot in Montreal uh, near the airport. Everyone know that spot. Uh, it's it's a love or hate, you know. It, lot of When you never seen owls, everyone go there. Then when you photograph lots of owls, you don't go there no more because you realize people don't respect the, the animal and don't respect the place. Anyway, the first day I went there, I saw barret owl, snowy owl, short ear owl, um, great horn owl, and uh, what was the fifth one? can't remember. The, uh, the, um, the screech owl. So okay. five species of owl the same morning. And I was like, damn, wildlife photography is fucking easy, man. It's an easy <laughs> job, you know? And uh, yeah, if you know the spot, it can't be that easy. Some some owls stay at the same spot. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be always the same owl at the same spot. And everyone's going to have the same pictures. So also, uh, when I stopped my uh, Photoshop journey, I also uh, told myself, uh, to stop going to hotspots because I don't want to be having the same images as everyone else. So I used to travel all around Quebec to, you know, I go on eBird or oh, this piece has been spotted there. Let's race there, get the shot and, you know, add a, add a species to my, uh, to my list. And uh, I realized where I live in South Quebec, I also have all of those species. I just need to find them myself. You know, they're there. It's just no one has spotted them. So, uh, so I, I, I made now my photography uh place is in a 50 kilometers area around my house i don't go okay. any further 
And already there I have barred owls, shorty, uh, short here owls, uh, great horn owls, uh, snowy owls, coyotes, foxes, you know, all loons, all the good stuff that I love to photograph. I mm. don't need to travel three hours to get there and get the same snapshot that everyone gets, you know. So it, that's really got into me after my Photoshop journey when I say I, I need to stop fucking around with that. I, you know, I need to to put another effort into my uh, into my uh, journey of photography. And now is uh, finding my own spot and uh, stop hanging around with the photographer who goes always to the same spot. And, you know, every year they go see that that short year owl in the same tree and they take the same images. And every year they go see that snowy owl on the same road. You know, I'm not interested into that. Uh, it's so, so, so much re rewarding when, when you find your own stuff. You know, I, yeah. I found that... Uh, with a friend of mine that I live two minutes from my house, we go often together to do uh, photography and uh, we're walking in a forest and we keep hearing an owl. And it took us three months to find it was a great horn owl. And we end up going there once a week. Then we realized there were two of them and uh, we went to see them all winter and it was very skittish, very hard to get close. And in spring, we realized they had a nest they had two babies, so we are able to picture them, uh, the babies, first day out of the nest, like so close from the ground for sure was first day out of the nest. And uh, now a year in, uh, we still go there. They're still there. The mummy's still there. The the, the male is not around anymore, but the, the two babies has grown up and the female's still there. And uh, they kind of used to us. They kind of like tolerate us. So, you know, I got some great, uh, great pictures, no branches, you know, first the first great horn owl pictures was very far, very dark, a lot of branches. I was already very happy, but this one, my six, eight months work to, to get, you know, close, sharp shot from those owls looking into my eyes and man, so rewarding. All those early morning, I'll wake up three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I mean, it, it's a lot of sacrifice when you do wildlife photography. I woke up early to go do pictures and go to work, you know? Yeah, and and I have a wife and two kids and uh, two jobs, you know. So I'm a busy yeah. guy, but I still find time to do photography. And uh, and you know, we live for those time, for those time alone in the forest and seeing those wildlife. You know, uh, the 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 coyote den I found in 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 spring, and it's, it's crazy. Like I I don't know anyone in in South Quebec in Esprit who photographed uh, puppies of coyotes before. I think I'm I'm the only one. In, in Quebec, the only picture I've seen, maybe people seen it, but I haven't posted any images, but uh, incredible find and so rewarding. Like I was, uh, I was with one of my friends and uh, uh, we're like nearly crying. Just like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like this is wildlife. Yeah. Like you're there, puppies playing around, you know, the mom is not very far doing this stuff. They're learning life. And you're like, you know, only a few people in the world can witness that. And and so much hard work into it to to get to those time. It's, I think, what life photography before the photo, is is the nature for me. It's the wildlife himself, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, sometimes I need to to remind myself I do this for the wildlife, not just for the rewarding of the mm -hmm. pictures and maybe the money I get out of it. That's also why uh, since I stopped the Photoshop bullshit, um, I kind of pull out of selling stuff because. Um, uh, I'm, I really want to focus on upgrading my uh, my skills before getting back into selling stuff because 
when I look at the stuff I, I sold last year, I, I feel awkward because it's shit. And and now <laughs> and now I put more pressure into my into my work and I don't feel like uh it's worth selling at the moment. I want I want to put higher standards. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's sort of how I felt when I was transitioning kind of out of that phase as well. Yeah, you, it is kind of awkward. You don't feel like it doesn't feel right to be selling um, work that you know that isn't the best. Yeah. And um, you almost feel like, I know for me at least, I, I kind of felt like unethical almost when doing it because I'm like, well, it's like, I'm kind of like, like you're not ripping people off, right? It's not really but there's doing, much but... out there, there's better out there it's like yeah, why yeah. do you choose me i mean okay exactly you choose me you buy it i take the cash but like look at this photographer is much better than me and probably you should get a picture out of him not out of me you know yeah it's like yeah you kind of <laughs> like you're ripping out the people but you know you, you gotta make your business and uh you know when i when i first i start photography while well, i photography seriously and i start selling and i'm like okay 10, 10 grand the first year and I'm miles away from photographer I admire. Like, imagine maybe I can make a living out of it. Like, yep. and and now I realize it's it's you know it was maybe just luck the first year, and and it, it's a it's a tough it's a tough job. There's there's a lot of people out there taking a lot of pictures, and and to become full time wildlife photographer is I don't know. Maybe you need a reel that hits a hundred million view, and you get three hundred thousand followers, and and that's how you're gonna get famous and 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 sell more. And I don't know. I, it it's really it's really hard to understand uh, how how to make a full time living out of it. You know, it's uh, just yes. selling prints. There's only a few people out there. You know, there's yeah. like yeah. It's, it's like professional tennis player you know everyone can play tennis but it's only the top 10 you remember you know all the others you don't you don't know them same with photography you know once, oh, once people yeah. you, people can talk about you but if you're not on top of the list people will forget you within weeks you know on top of the list in quebec there's like four photographers that always come out in competition always come out in 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 uh in uh um in a museum when they show the images or or they get prints uh, into uh, like recreation center, you know, to show what I, it's always the same people that they got the clients, they, their name is out there. You type wildlife photographer, they're always on top of the list. And I think it's, it's tough to, to, to fight against them because they've been there before me and they will be there after me and, and, and they're just better than me probably, you know? And um uh, mm-hmm. At also at one point uh how hard is it to to get better you know when do you know you reach your maximum of your skills you know we you, we we can't we can't be good in everything you know like i compare cooking and photography there's a lot of similar stuff you know i i cook for 20 years i start i was shit i start doing i was doing random dishes you know a bit like photography like trying weird stuff <laughs> and uh and uh you know it took me 20 years to to get a name to you know i i, I got mission star and i was quite famous in, in europe i was in in the top 50 chef in switzerland and and you know everything was there i worked hard to get there and then then i kind of like not give up cooking but now i still i'm still a chef but i i don't look to be the best no more I kind of reached all my goals and now I have other goals in life, uh, photography included. And um, like, when do I know I reach the max, the maximum I can, you know, like 
in cooking had uh, goals. Is it was to be one of the top chef, get Michelin star and stuff. But photography, what is my goal? Honestly, now I don't know. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's the tricky part with photography, right? It's it's not it's not very it's not so straightforward. Like, what's the like how to progress in certain areas, right? Like, I guess you could like there is the there is like those major competitions like wildlife photographer of the year. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, those can give a lot of recognition. Um, but also I think the thing with wildlife photography competitions is that a lot of them don't reward the best images. They, they have a certain agenda that they have that they're pushing each year. Um, and so it might be like a certain conservation thing. It might be, um, certain like theme and it kind of, I find it kind of takes away from their value now, I guess, yeah. just I because mean, they, like they're not, they're not really rewarding images that are good. They're rewarding things that match their theme. Can we talk about, you know, people's going to bitch me about it, but whatever. Um, the, the winner of the Canadian geographic this year. Okay. GC LeMay is a, is a great photographer. He's doing great stuff. Most of his work. Uh, I love it. You know, it's good, mm-hmm. but he's got that caribou image. We got selected into into his best you know his portfolio they show on the canadian geography yep. to say that and we can see the masking on the image like through the horn of the caribou yeah we can see we can see the dark part of the masking and i'm like you know i i do a lot of masking so i see those details but professional judge who judge the photographer of the year they 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 got through it they did you say yep it's fine let's go you know or He's got thousands of images. Why is he didn't yeah, choose any other images? Like, yeah. it, it's kind of random. And and you know, same as I was telling you before, every year that in the list of the names is always the same people coming out. Maybe they're just very good at it. I don't know. Or maybe because they got more audience, you know. At what point the audience doesn't play a, a weight in the balance in a in the scale, you know, like oh, this guy's got three hundred thousand followers, this guy's got two hundred thousand followers. Let's make him photographer of the year. He's gonna talk on his social media. We're gonna sell a magazine, and everyone happy, you know. Yep. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I I actually just talked a little bit about this in the last one I recorded today. Yeah. And like, I it kind of like a, it's a kind of a scam, right? If you think about, it, they're not really rewarding the best images. They are just kind of they're trying to find this balancing act where they can you know get something like okay, and that will also get them more uh, more people visiting their their stuff. Yeah. So I, I I think with the that particular caribou image, right? He's like, you know, um, hmm. Let me think about how I'm going to word this. Uh, like that image was that image should probably not have been considered acceptable for that for that role, right? Yeah. Like it's there's some very clear and obvious like technical mistakes done in the editing process that you would think the judges would would see. But I just find it I just find it strange that they chose that image and also some of the some of the other images that were selected too in the Canadian Geographic competition. Yeah. I, I just kind of looked at them and I was just I was just saddened. Let's I was sad when I when I looked at them. Let's put it that way. Uh there was an image of a salamander on some mushrooms. Uh, mushroom. Yeah, yeah. And it was that's that, a snapshot. That was a that was a that was a snapshot. The only thing that, the only thing that made it not a snapshot is that the person put the salamander on top of the mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing. Right. Yeah, that that is that image is shit. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't that know. that image is a is a yeah, it's a piece of shit. 
Um, and some of the other images that I saw in there, like there was, um, I don't know, there was like the loon shaking off. Like that image. Yeah, that's it? the first. That's the first image of GCLMA. Like uh, yeah. golden, full, like so golden, it burn your eyes. Like yeah. And and uh, the the loon is shaking the water. I mean. When I first looked at the image, I was like, yeah, this is a great image. Then we, we discussed about it in, in the chat group. And yep. obviously, they masked the bird and they had to light it up because with that kind of lighting, I, I don't know how the bird would be that clear, you know? So Yeah, and there's also a lot of blown out highlights in that image. And yeah, yeah. Just overall, technically, I guess, technically imperfect <laughs> is, yeah, is, yeah. is the way to put it. So you kind of look at, you look at shots like that winning some of these competitions and it just like, for when it reflects very poorly on the competition, but it also kind of creates this um, this tricky thing where you have these images that basically suck being rewarded, and you have a lot of like uh, let's be honest, there was a lot of much better images entered into the competition, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're not getting the recognition that they really deserve, and it just it just feels it feels very uncomfortable. And that's why I think the competitions are going further and further in this direction. Yeah. I noticed this with Wildlife Star of the Year. I noticed this with, well, the Audubons. Did you check out the Audubons? Um, oh, no. Uh, yeah, so the Audubons competition. No, I hate to say because I have some friends actually that placed in that competition. Yeah. But I, I will say that here. A lot of those images are pieces of shit. Like, <laughs> they're totally, totally pieces of shit. And it's not even just like, I guess it is like my professional opinion of someone who teaches photography yeah. just because like I literally i have students who i te teach for you know a few classes that can produce images that are at that level right so it's not like i'm not being like bitter about it like for when i didn't even enter into the competition but um uh, so i'm not being bitter about it it's just it's kind of embarrassing when you have you know so, uh, something that people kind of i guess they're losing respect but people still respect rewarding stuff that I don't think the majority of the actual photography community um, actually respects. I know like, yeah, we have that group chat and there's a few other group chats and like the Autobahns thing was like a huge topic of conversation in some of those, just because the images were particularly egregious in that one. Yeah. Um, and the, the Canadian geographic one also, there was definitely a lot of discussion about that. And how some of the images were kind of eh, suboptimal, and I, I don't know if the competitions know that people think the images are shit, or if they're just kind of hoping that they don't, or I don't know what their, I don't it's know their a mindset weird thing is because you know, of course, photographer audience and normal people they they won't react the same to the image. Right? Yes, yes. But into those competition. Most of people will look at those images a professional. It's not like random people. It's not yep. like my mom's not gonna go on the internet and say, "Oh, who's the wildlife photographer of the year?" You know, they don't care. You know, it's yep. gonna be it's mostly photographer against photographer. So the only photographer will look at those images most of the time. So I don't know if they choose the images like saying, you know, it's we we don't care about the photographer audience. Let, let's care about what people want to see. You know, like we we. Like we discussed before, that that cardinal image, like you think it's shit. Most of photographer would think it's shit, but that girl printing images say, "Oh, it's a great image." You know, so that kind of audience like different images. You yep. know, they they don't see all those small details and stuff. 
And at the end of the day, those people are also their customers from the magazine and from whatever stuff they sell out of it. Same for us, you know, we publish on social media, we get criticism from other photographers, but at the end, we don't care because they don't buy your stuff. We care about people that buy your stuff. Yep. And that's that's the people we want to please. So in those competition, you know, maybe they just want to please another kind of audience. Yeah, no, that's a good point. No, for sure. It's kind of like um, if you think about it, like food, right? Like the fine dining market is smaller than like the fast food market is. Yeah. So it's like, I think a lot of people with the photography do want a more fast food type experience, which is fine, right? But it's just, it's just kind of sad to see sometimes that the kind of craft itself is not being respected. Um, I don't know, like, uh, is that something that ever bothered you when you were in, in, in like working in these fine dining restaurants? Do you have any complaints? I mean, to get complaints from people about certain stuff yeah. or <laughs> yeah we got you know we get uh you know trip advisor is, is a big thing where people like uh, can bitch about the food or anything you know um i think i take criticism i mean uh that's how you get better when people yep. tell stuff are wrong you know um but when there's people trying to teach you how to cook something and they they can't even cook an egg in the house it, it it's kind of uh it's hurt feeling you know and uh that's that's one of the main reasons also why I quit uh, fine dining is because I was, I was uh, every day, every day you get judged by guides, by internet, by your boss, by customers, by everyone. So it was fine for me for 20 years, you know, it was, it was my point of life to be the best at what I was doing, you know, and that's part of the game. You need to be judged if you want to be told you are the best, you know, yeah. but um but after a while, it's it's uh, when every day you finish your shift and you end up on on a trip advisor and whatever to check. Oh, what is the new review? Every morning we get meeting in the restaurant. What review? What did we, what did we do wrong? What do we need to do better? You know, it's good to improve. But long term, it's uh, it's taking on on, on your mental health. You know, yeah, because yeah, for you, sure. Every day you have to put yourself. You know, you, 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 let's say you spend a, a week of work in a finite restaurant, 60, 70, 75 hours, you know, you give your life to your job. I mean, I, when I was, my kids were young, I was always at work every Christmas, every holidays, every weekend, all the time. You know, I, I leave work 6am and I come back, you know, 1am every day. And, uh, and a guy, just one comment internet. So oh, I had the food last night. It was shit. And the chef should do this. And like, Fuck you, you know. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing it for twenty years. Okay, maybe it was not to your taste. Maybe it was a mistake. Okay, but like it's it's continuous. You know, people judging you and they don't see the impact. That's the thing. They they they, they bitch about something, but they don't see the impact that there is. Twenty five cook in the kitchen will sacrifice every day hours of their life to to deliver the best. And maybe one day they they were not up to the task or not up to you very very high standard or maybe you just don't know what you're talking about yep. but it's still it's still you know people lost their job because of trip advisors and maybe it's just a roundup comment of someone who knows nothing you know and um so th that that also built me uh you know a huge uh a huge shield now when people bitch about my images i just don't give a shit you know it's just yeah. like you know you can't say i'm shit you know at the end of the day i'm a cook i take pictures if I'm happy of the image I took and I was happy being out on the field and 
you know, that, that, that's the only thing that brings me happiness. Of course, if somebody comment on my picture, say they like it, it's, it's like the cherry on the cake. But people say, oh, it's shit. I don't like it. You know, I don't, I don't even care no more. <laughs> like uh, when I first when I first got to to the chat uh, where where we discuss about a lot of things, I think um, that chat used to be very rude against a lot of people. And uh, people have been bitching on my images a lot. And, and people have been telling me uh, how tough uh, people were judging me. And uh, and they were surprised I was not impact at all because uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I, do, I, do, I do for the pleasure now. I uh, stop putting pressure on my shoulder. And uh, even more now since I uh, passed my uh, Photoshop uh, dark days and, uh, you know, I, I don't put my pressure on on getting likes. I don't put pressure on on posting every day. And uh, because, you know, as I told before, I was posting YM one or twice a day so i was you know it was it was nearly like a side job i had to get my post ready get all the hashtags and all the bullshit if you look at it now i, I barely put hashtags i don't i don't put description no more i just put the picture that i have and happy and you know if he if he get likes he get likes it doesn't it doesn't and you know that's that's all it matters to me now yeah no i think that's a that's a healthy mindset to have I, I know like when I started, I definitely got very offended when people would shit on my photos, but I, I kind of started to realize that if you're an artist, right? The reality is, you know, you can't please everyone. You can't it's please everyone. Possible. It's not possible, it's right? Even the best <laughs> restaurants in the world, the best photographer in the world, there's always going to be someone saying, oh, this is not good. This is not perfect. You know, there's, yeah, there's no, always going to be someone. Always. Yeah. 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 And there's, there's things about each image, you know, there's pros and cons, right? It's not, no image is perfect right there's certain images you know you, you're making like a there's a practical trade-off a lot of times like yeah okay so like i'm shooting an environmental shot it's like it's like oh okay well now the the background's distracting and so well it's like it's kind of the point right it's kind of to show off the, yeah. the background or it's like you shoot a bird on a second it's like, well now it's boring right and it's like yeah those those are all true but you know there's also there's just more more nuance to that and you know you, you have to kind of grow a thicker skin on when it comes to hearing things about your images right if someone says someone sees an image that's the birds facing away right and they yeah. comment on it and say it's like look it's like it's not it's not a very compelling image right you know you, there's two ways you can take that either you can take it as yeah but like, i mean would we, we decide <laughs> a photography the bird should be facing your way or the other way at the end of the day you say it's art it's the way yeah. the guy yeah. wants to show it you know it's the same when i'm a chef i dress a plate you want to see the plate the way I dress it, or you want to turn the plate around 180 degrees and see it the other way? It's the same food in the plate. It's the same taste. It's just a different point of view. Yeah. No, no. no I pictures. I mean, yeah, of course, some people keep taking pictures of wildlife facing backwards, you know, and for me, it doesn't say it's a bad image. It just say it's bad at getting close to wildlife. And uh, because if the animal is, is, Flying away or swimming away, I mean, his approach wasn't respectful because yep. the animal was scared, scared obviously. So, um, but the image can be tack sharp and everything. Like, what define a good image? It's always, you know, it's a different point of view. Of yeah, course, yeah, no, it's 100%. more appealing when the animal's looking at you straight in the eyes than when you see his ass and and his face looking the other way. You know, but um, depend what. The guy posts the image. What 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 is his goal? You know. What, yeah. What is, no. Exactly. What the... Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I talked about in one of the previous episodes, right? Just talking about some like. I mean, I didn't used to be like this, but I'm more like this now, right? 
you have to understand the goal of the photographer before you can make like a full on judgment of the image because yeah. you know there is that story there's a storytelling storytelling compelling uh storytelling uh component of it and um you know a bird facing away tells a different story than a bird facing towards you right yeah it may you know the question now if they say that their goal is to create something that, you know is very engage is engaging the person engaging the subject with like the animal's face or trying to make get a certain emotional reaction and it, it doesn't do that right that's that's one thing that's one thing but if it's you know if your goal is to show kind of this more impersonal type of image you know a bird looking away it's it's actually pretty effective at that um same thing with like you know uh going small in frames and not all small frames are necessarily bad some of them yeah. are maybe don't match the goals of the photographer right which is which then it becomes a more of a problem but um yeah, it, it, there's there's that kind of level of subjectivity uh, to the art, and everything, every decision you make in a photo is a is a trade off. You know, um, I want to include you know some extra bokeh balls, you know, flying in front of the bird. It's like okay, yeah. well, you know, it makes it more visually interesting, um, but also it it does distract from the bird itself. So you have to kind of uh, it's kind of balance it out. It's like yeah, it, if um, you you're not going to make an image like that if your goal is to have a port like a clean portrait of an Im- of a of a bird, right? Another thing is kind of it's just kind of interesting. I, I remember the like basically the beta version of the um the ratings chat was absolutely brutal, um just completely cold blooded and and like horrible to certain people who left the chat, and um I just feel like I feel so I feel so bad about that <laughs> because like there is more subjectivity of that but also that person also kind of was of the mindset if an image is sharp it's good so i guess that's kind of he's not gonna listen to this <laughs> he might but um <laughs> also you know uh there's a problem when uh a lot of images can can look boring because they look the same you know everyone wants yes want blur background yep. everyone want a clear nothing in the background everyone wants those bouquet uh, bulbs and everything you know so sometimes people trying to be creative and uh trying to you know like i did on photoshop I, I was trying to be creative trying to create something different that uh we don't see uh we don't see uh on instagram um obviously i didn't have the skills and and the creativity to 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 be to be uh good at it and to make my own style you know uh I heard you the other day uh, talking with Jack and asking what is your style of photography. And uh, if you ask me the question today, I don't know. Uh, Twenty years into cooking, and I still can't describe my style of cooking. I do European, I do Japanese, I do everything. Uh, some chef, you can look at the plate, and I can tell you, okay, this guy, that's that's Gordon Ramsay for sure. Yeah. And uh, photography is the same. Sometimes I look uh, at an image, I'm like, this is for sure. This is whoever you know and uh for now in my into my photography journey i'm 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 still looking to define my style and mm-hmm. maybe i will never reach it as same in cooking i never i never had my my proper style you know and uh but i'm still looking for it and maybe one day i, I find something uh different from from others you know um you know i had uh, in my photoshop dark days 
I did those uh, very dark images uh, with only lights like on the portrait. What's the name on that photographer? Uh, Mankey, Mankey photo or something. When you're going to look at his Instagram, you're going to see uh, I had that period into my Instagram journey, into my uh, Photoshop journey. How, how, do I, how do I spell that? M-A-N-K-E-Y-F-O-T-O. Okay, yeah, I see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> oh, my God, I yeah. I had my time with that. Um, that's his own style. I mean, yeah. you, you like it, you hate it. It's very unreal. Uh, still, the animals is still a real animal, but it's, it's so much so much process. Um, yeah. Took me six months to find his, his process and, uh, and, and to be able to reproduce that. Um, I, I love his style. I mean, he's got his own style, but I think for... Most photographers, they're going to say shit, but for his audience, I mean, he's got nearly 100,000 followers and he's selling stuff. And I think he, you find the right audience and it's going to it's going to be a banger for him. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I, again, it comes back to down to like what who your audience is, right? Like if your audience is other photographers, it's one thing. But if, it's, if that's not who you're trying to go for, then it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something I've been thinking about recently with like almost like releasing a separate line of stuff yeah for um specifically for non-photographers just so i can you know keep my you know teaching side of my business you know in intact but also you know make some extra money from those other people because i kind of i kind of know what they what they want right and i haven't like it feels like i'm losing some like dignity doing that but also it's like yo, you gotta gotta survive <laughs> yeah you gotta I mean, it's, your business. It's, it's it's funny because uh you know i'm on different social media i'm uh, on instagram on uh, facebook on tiktok and uh my audience are very different from from instagram and facebook instagram mm-hmm. i just over three thousand followers is probably 95 percent they are photographers you know mm-hmm. and uh on facebook like 500 followers barely anything but it's only mostly old people yeah yeah <laughs> and, and they are my customers and uh, that they are the one buying and they are they are the one interacting with my image they are, they are the one uh you know writing to me in dm and 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 that's 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 my audience that's the one i'm touching to to get some money you know and um so i don't know where i was going to with that but yeah i think sometime i'm also thinking of opening like another instagram page or and and trying to get that same audience from Facebook to Instagram and maybe get a hit with a reel or whatever whatever to 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 get more uh, followers to to get more customers at the end. Stop having just photographer following you and 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 not getting anything out of them and uh, trying to get some more customers. But, yeah, no, for sure. Because if if you have, if you have photographers following you, the only thing you're gonna get out of them is um, them buying educational stuff. Right? Yeah, there, there's no way you're gonna sell any prints of them it just is not going to happen because they're going to you know print their own images yeah yeah for sure and um i mean like i'm doing okay i'm doing relatively good in that regard of uh of that so it's i mean that's fine you, the good thing with photographers is that you don't need as many of them um because they're gonna sometimes they'll buy like fairly consistent amount of stuff yeah. and you know i i also have a lot of in-person connections too so it's it's a slightly different it's like i would say that it's a bit of a juggling act between the social media and also the in-person people yeah and um i'd say probably more money comes from those in-person uh reactions than my actual instagram followers yeah 
which is kind of interesting, right? Because a lot of people think, oh, you're going to get through Instagram. It's like, no, not really. You know, I'll get a few through Instagram, uh, mostly consultations, but yeah. uh, maybe a little bit on the Lightroom workshops now. But, you know, a lot of the kind of more training oriented courses, that's all in person. Yeah. 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 Which is, you know, it's something it I was, it is. It, it's something I wanted to to do, but you know, be it like giving any kind of classes. But I'm like, most of people would laugh about it because you know I don't have the skills. I can't teach you what I do, but I can't teach you anything else. You know, okay, like beginners, true beginners, boomers, <laughs> true boomers with huge gear. I can't teach you, you know, the 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 ISO, the shutter speed. Try to to teach you what what the setting does, but you know, into composition into other stuff as i don't have reached my 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 uh not my skills my uh my uh style i i can teach you a lot of random stuff a little bit but not something deep you know and uh so i kind of back up saying i, I was going to teach anyone anything you know people ask me when i was doing photoshop i did a few people you know got a few dollars and i was like if they ask me any other question out of what I know, I'm lost and and yeah. and it, it feel like a ripoff. You know, it's a bit embarrassing. And uh, I I did took a few people like on the field to to uh, to teach them like uh, how to spot owls and and you know get on the lake to get to the to the loon and you know the position on the kayak and stuff. Mm -hmm. but, um, I was not really asking any money about it. They get they gave me a few dollars like. And just to to say thank thank you, but uh, I was not advertising it, and I don't think I will be ever advertising it. I think there's so much content for free on the yep. internet that's uh, offering something uh, that someone has to pay. You need to be either very very good at it or doing something very very different that no one is able to do, and and they will pay you to do it. And uh, so, yeah, I stopped uh, thinking about uh, teaching anyone and I I'm trying to teach myself first. <laughs> that, that's a good way. That's a good way to look at it. Teaching people yeah, you know, own, I need, I need, its own skill, right? And it's a different I, kind of I, skill. I, I, uh, I've been chef for 20 years. I've been training hundreds of cooks, you know, hundreds of chefs, but uh, I, I was good at it. And uh, uh, I got a diploma to become a chef and, you know, it, it's my job. I, I learn how to do it. Photography, I, I learn mostly by myself, and I uh, still have a, a lot of knowledge to uh, to acquire and and uh, and takes times also. You know, I, I got two jobs, <laughs> two kids, photography. You know, it's only twenty four hours in the day, and yeah, and uh, you, I I can't do everything. So now <laughs> I, I just do photo for myself and trying to get maximum pleasure I can out of it, and and that's all that matters. Yep. No, that's that's a really it's a really good way to think about it. Um. What would you tell people who are kind of going through their own Photoshop monstrosity uh, journey? Stop, stop doing it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it, it's a process. I mean, people need to realize by themselves that uh, we shouldn't be doing that. I mean, depending what skill, what what style you want, right? If you want, uh, there's that photographer who did a lot of AI at one point, and it was funny. Everyone knew it was AI. Yeah. I think he should have carried on like that. It, it was funny, like mixing like bear head on owls and stuff. And and uh, on Photoshop, you can do everything now with AI. And um, but most of the people's gonna see it's obvious. And if you're not ready to take the the bullying that go with that, or the criticism that go with that, don't do it. Uh, oh, yeah. If you if you do it uh, for 
you know, learning something new and just, you know, playing around, having fun, you know, go for it. The tools are there and, and, and learn, learn to do it. But, uh, but I don't see anyone going through that phase, phase, sorry, and uh, keep doing it after more than three months. You know, we all realize it's, it's not fucking worth it. Um, you know, except if you're very good at it and people can't see it and you're just bullshitting everyone that uh, it's not yep. Photoshop, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah 100%. But it takes a lot of skills to be able to do that. You know, uh, I did fool around a few people on my images. Like they, they didn't realize if it was Photoshop. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't feel right at the end to do that. You know, you, 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 you like cheating and uh, photography shouldn't be cheating. Yep. No, I, I, I definitely, definitely understand that feeling when it comes to, you know, doing the Photoshop. I, I went through my own phase like that. I know. Kareem definitely went through his own yeah his own phase I, of that. I, I kind of like uh know Kareem like at, at at that time when he was doing a lot of those Photoshop and and color grading and stuff and uh and it's it's not him who got me into that but I look at his image and sometimes I was like yeah that look cool I'm like, <laughs> I I want to try <laughs> and uh, and that was maybe just a small hint who got me into that but after that he was other stuff that I saw on the social media and I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to try man. people reacting a lot to that. And I, I want a bit of it, you know? So what we're saying is blame Kareem. Yeah. That's it. Kareem, <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> He's going to laugh when he listens to that. <laughs> uh, hey, um, it's funny. It's funny that Kareem went through that because let's just talk about him because, uh, I think his uh, his uh, his photography and uh, his approach to wildlife is uh, is very uh, pure, very simple. You know, you you can see he's passionate about any living animals. Yep. And and doing all that process on those images is just. I met Karim only once, but we we talk a bit on on different groups and uh, even in private. And and for me now, it's just his photo didn't match the guy because the way he think, the way he lived. Uh, the way you talk about wildlife just doesn't fit with Photoshop. Yeah. He should he should remove I hope you remove Photoshop from his computer and never will reinstall <laughs> it. I remember Carry on your great work, Aaron. I, I remember when I um when I first met him online, he was in kind of in the midst of that. Yeah. And um uh I like to think that I probably helped him out of that. I think he actually told me that I helped him out of that. Um once about like it's a it, it's tricky when you're kind of in the midst of that because you, you kind of get you get this idea that um that you're kind of yeah I went not through cheating that. right it's like... I, I kind of quit Photoshop when I yeah. got into that group with you and Karim and and you guys were like you need to stop doing that you can do better <laughs> than that and yep. you know that was just uh, uh that was just like a little push in the back to to tell me okay I, i'm i'm gonna stop that you know i had other friends on other groups that that were all that already told me but i was i was keep going and you know when when all you guys from that group like got me into there and start talking about my stuff and i was like yeah i mean it was fun but i think i'm gonna stop and uh yep. and it was good so you can you and uh and karim and the rest of the people in that group was like the the last the last, the last little last to, little bit yeah yeah to get me uh to get me to rehab of photoshop <laughs> it takes a while to get kind of fully out of that photoshop mindset i find so for me what i had to do i had to stop editing completely 
I just like banned, I, I banned myself. I, I, re, I remove I remove Photoshop from the computer, and you know, and like a few days after, my hard drive crashed, and I was like, yeah, that just is definitely a sign, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I reinstalled it afterwards because I wanted to try that AI stuff because yep. uh, the AI came in, and and I think that that's gonna be terrible for uh, photography yep. and and. And uh, I wanted to prove another friend of mine that uh, it's going to be terrible. And people are like, no, people are still going to see it's it's AI and people. And that's when I post my uh, Fox image with that butterfly. Yep. And and it went crazy and everyone love it and share it. And and I, I say, look, I told you, it, it's it's the fakest you can get. Like, like you know, of course it can happen. A, butter, a, a, a fox leaning on the ground and looking at a butterfly. Like, but what is the chance to, yep. to capture a moment like this? Like, yep. and to get both in focus. I mean, it's yep. like yeah, there's no. no chance. Yeah. There's no chance. And, and 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 after he told me, yeah, it's true. I think photography uh, is is take is taking a new turn. You know, like the the last big move from there, it was probably black and white picture to color pictures and now it's color picture to AI, you know, or something like that. I don't know. And uh, it's going to be very, very tough to see what is real, not on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there will have to be some sort of uh, way to verify real images uh, versus AI generated images. But I, I know that some of my friends have been doing the AI stuff and not really telling people. Yeah, just kind of, and just to see how it, the responses, and the response is usually really positive. Yeah, I'm um, telling you. It's, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's like it, it, it's like playing it's like playing a uh, gambling. You know, the first yep. time you 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 play, you win. You get addicted. Same with Photoshop. You know, yep. first yeah, time yeah. you post a Photoshop image, it works. You're addicted, and that's it. Yeah, I, I was I was tempted to uh, take one of my splash images and then remove the sanderling and put a red knot in instead just yeah. to make the, <laughs> the shot better right now right now you can't do the red knot but i imagine like you know in the future it will be able to get put a convincing red knot in my image yeah uh, uh... just just work the ai just <laughs> yeah. red, like just a refresh like a thousand times yep. it will get better and better every time you know yep. yeah i've been playing i've been playing around with it a bit you know it's it's very useful for my other genres of photography because yeah. you know like there's certain certain practical issues practical limitations right if you need someone doesn't have the wardrobe you need you need to change someone's wardrobe in the shot you need to add certain elements like i i find it to be very useful it's very exciting in that yeah. regard also but, you know, you know that, that last part you know like when you do landscape photography maybe you cut a tree or whatever and you won't just you know you should have framed it differently on the field but it's too late mm -hmm. so you can like generate a, a, like a bigger frame of the image yep. i don't know at what point this is cheating or not yeah it is cheating but like the, the the main subject still there you just kind of make the frame bigger and you know it's just a few inches around the image that is fake but i think that's that's good for that tool but when you start adding like proper fake animals proper fake whatever on the image it's it that's when it gets wrong you know yep yeah it's it's beyond what i would consider to be photography at that point right i guess it's kind of i mean I, I, there was always a bit of a line between like you know, doing compo compositing and in photography, and there was kind of a debate there. Yeah. Um, but I think the AI just makes it so much easier. <laughs> I I have one more image that I want to AI before I yeah. I stop definitely. <laughs> Is I have a picture of a red fox uh, looking at a bench. Yeah. And uh, there's like yellow flowers at the back. It's a it's a perfect picture. But it's just looking at, looking at empty bench. 
Yeah. So I want to put like a squirrel or whatever on that bench. Look like it's like they, they're talking to each other or yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, like yeah. just to it's just missing that one thing on that image. And yeah. uh, I think that's so when I will be using AI. But as usual, I will tell everyone it's AI in the hashtag. Yep. So keep an eye on it. But it, it won't be before a few months. Uh, I need to upgrade my computers because uh, AI generation generative is taking too much on my laptop. Oh yeah, it's it's, just, uh, it's pretty demanding. Like just like Dino is an image on the, on the Lightroom with the AI thing. It took me about fifteen minutes for one image. Oh shit! <laughs> and I've seen people on YouTube take fifteen seconds, and they're complaining because it takes long time. And I'm like, it takes me fifteen minutes for one image. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Noise. And I can do nothing else on the laptop when it does that, right? Yeah. yeah. So I choose the image, I denoise, and I go make dinner, and I come back, and hopefully it's done. You know. Yeah, for for me, it, it's like it's like ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe before buying uh, back that eight hundred F eleven, I should upgrade my laptop. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. The laptops, you know, computers do make they do make life a lot easier when you need to upgrade them. Yeah, my my brother was trying to. I I had like my laptop just couldn't handle the uh, photography workflow I had. Yeah, and my brother is in. Uh, computer science yeah and he was just advocating for me to say alex you need to like get your, your workflow better you need to like get a better computer it'll help save you time save you money and I'm like no no it's just a waste of money that was my head right yeah and then i did it because my computer broke and i'm like oh shit he was right the whole time when did i do this before yeah saving like hours of time you know instead of waiting for like 20 minutes i'm waiting you know 10 seconds it's like it is definitely definitely worth it. it's worth it's at least worth the um as much as they're getting an upgraded camera, if not, yeah, yeah. if not more in many cases. So I definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend that. Um, do you have um, any more advice for people about the whole Photoshop journey thing? I think, I think when you, I mean, when you get into Photoshop, it's, you lost, like it's, it's very complex. And, um, you know, I, I did watch a few uh, YouTube video and stuff, but, I think it's it's the kind of uh, application program, whatever you want to call it, that needs to be teached by someone. Like I think you should you should uh, take lesson like a few hours, just someone that really knows can exp- know and can really explain you all the tools and everything. Um, that that will get you uh, more consistent and better from the beginning and stop maybe not making those uh, very shitty mistake I did with the floating folks and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you need to t- ask yourself why you use Photoshop. What What's the final point of Photoshop? Is this to remove something? Is it to add something? Is it to create some fake art, whatever? Um, it really depends what, what's the whole point of Photoshop. Uh, honestly, now I'm I'm just using Lightroom. Yeah, um, I I do remove stuff sometimes, branches, bugs, whatever. I think everyone does. Removing those small stuff for me, it it's not it's not cheating. It's, I mean, it's not changing the atmosphere of the image. It's it's not really changing the scene or anything. It's just just making it a tiny bit better, you know. Yeah. Uh, the best, of course, is always to have no branches or you know no grass popping out in in the frame, but. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. It's there and you can't cut the branch, you know? So, um, so yes, for Photoshop, what's, what's your final point? What you want to do with it? Is it really necessary to, to get into that? Can you not just 
try to get better on the field instead of trying to get better on a computer. Yep. And uh, I think the, the 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 key of success is is to get better on the field. And uh, you realize that uh, after three or four months of dark days on Photoshop. But it's <laughs> uh, it's it, you know it it takes a lot of effort to get better on the skills uh, on the field. I mean, um, it, it's 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 a lot of a sacrifice. It's you know you need to get dirty on the floor, dirty in the water, wake up early. Uh, you know, you need to be tough on your gear, go under the rain, under the snow, in the cold. You know, you're not going to get great images just, you know, Sunday walk with your kids and you're going to yep. get great <laughs> images. No, it's not going to happen. Or maybe it's going to be one once in a lifetime, very, very, very lucky image. But uh, it's not it's it's not wildlife photography. It's uh, a lot of um, work and you need to not only learn how to use your camera, you need to learn how to get onto the fields, uh, to get close from animals without distracting them. I need to learn the habitat to find them, you know, which kind of forest, you know, where they live, where, what they eat, what they do, what time they active, you know, and all that. And, uh, I think it's even more important all that part than actually know how to use your camera, because if you don't know where to find the animals, you can be the best clicker on your camera. You're not going to photograph anything, you know? So I think Upgrade your skills on the field before downloading Photoshop. That's <laughs> my final word. That is that is great advice there. Okay, so we I'm just gonna cover a few more things here and then we'll wrap this up in like half an All hour right. or so. Yeah. So I would like to ask you a little bit a few questions about your life as like a high end chef. Yeah. Um first thing I'll ask you is do you miss any part of that lifestyle? Not at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, cooking was my job, was my passion for many, many years. Uh, it it gets me a lot of reward, reward. You know, it was a very re rewarding life. I travel a lot. You know, I live in uh, six different countries and uh, my kids, my wife follow me everywhere. Uh, I work in some hotels, incredible places. Uh, I cook for very famous people. I met incredible people. Um, it was great. It was it was great, but in the opposite side, you know, I miss uh, weddings, funerals, Christmas, birthday. Yeah. I miss all that, and uh, I'm in the point in my life. You know, I'm I'm 34. I traveled for 20 years, and uh, you know, now we we moved to Canada. We we got a permanent residency this uh, last year. We bought a house, and I know kids are getting older, and they go to school, they make friends, and you don't want to to move around. And uh, I want to spend time with them, you know. I want to go play soccer with my kids on Saturday and and all that, you know. No more family plan. Yeah. And uh, so I don't I don't miss it. A lot of people uh, told me when when I was going when I quit uh, fine dining, oh, you'll see, you'll be back in six months. You're gonna miss it. Uh, but I don't. And uh, and I'm having fun elsewhere, like in photography or time with my kids. So yeah. That's very interesting. Um. What was the best piece of advice that you received when, uh, either when you were a chef or were training to be a chef? Never give up. <laughs> never that's give up. Yeah, that's it, good. It's yeah. uh, in everything you do in life, uh, never give up, and that's why I teach my kids. You know, it's uh, you you can fail, you can be bad at something, but never give up. Give up is not an option. I, I um. You know, it, it, I really like that. I really like that piece in, of advice. In my in my in my twenty years career as a chef, high end, you know, I've seen, 
I've seen so much stuff going on, people not showing to work, uh, people working off middle service, whatever, you know. I serve hundreds of thousands of customers in 20 years and not a single client has left my restaurant without getting food in his plate. And you always find a solution. Never give up, you find a solution and and it's going to go, you know. Um, Kind of as a counter to that, what was the worst piece of advice you were given? You see, when you be a chef, you be rich. <laughs> That's it's 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 very a uh, not well paid job, you know. I thought when, <laughs> when people told me, you see, when you be a well known chef, you're gonna get tons of money and life's gonna be good. And uh, when you're gonna be a top chef, uh, you won't be, you know, doing the dishes and cleaning the floor. Now that's all bullshit, man. Is it's <laughs> you're still doing it twenty years in, you know. You need to show the example to to the young people, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, I think I think if you want to be a a, a high-end chef or top chef if you don't have the passion with it you know you're not going to go anywhere and you will kick yeah. within and that's also what made me quit like uh fine dining restaurant because um when the passion left me i was like i'm not gonna cook if i don't have the pleasure to do it no more customers gonna see it you know if you don't cook yeah. with your heart it's no point and that's that's when i told myself i think I need to I, I need to do something else. Um, as I told you, I still cook, but I, I manage a, a kitchen of about sixty people, and uh, it's a production production kitchen we produce for a for a, a supermarket in Quebec. It's called uh, Avril Supermarket. It's like a healthy. I think you, you get shops called uh, World Food or something like that. Well, it's like it's it's very healthy food. Uh, gluten-free and all that stuff so we cook a healthy meal okay for, uh, for those customers we have like small restaurants in every of those supermarkets so uh, we have uh, 11 supermarkets at the moment we open two more in the next six months so 13 supermarkets so we produce the food for all those 13 restaurants and we ship the food into the restaurant and uh, the restaurant just cook the final dish and serve to customers so oh, interesting uh, yeah I'm just managing a, a huge team of 60 people that uh, cut the vegetables, make the sauce, and you know do all the prep. But yep. the final touch goes to uh, to the to the supermarket, basically to the oh, cool. supermarket. Yeah. So uh, I don't touch a knife no more. I just <laughs> just manage and uh, and you know deal with uh, with problem. I'm just a yeah. problem 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 solver. Oh, interesting. That's. Uh... Do you find that a lot? I guess you would, you would find that a lot more relaxing, <laughs> relatively speaking. Uh, I think it's uh it's more uh you know I, I sit down in the office all day comparing to standing up, so uh, physically it's 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 more much more relaxing. But uh, in my head, it's uh it's 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 more tired. You know, in front of a computer, okay. yeah, dealing with phone calls, emails, meetings. You know, it's my head work much more. Yeah, that was cooking because cooking, you know, at the end, I don't have any more recipe. I was, I would cook and it was just, you know, like you breathe and you walk and you run. It's yeah. natural. Cooking is, was natural. No, no more thinking. And now there's much more logistic and dealing with uh, higher scales and higher volume. So there's more uh, calculation and more, uh, more uh, thinking in advance. So my head uh, work much more than my body. Oh, interesting. Compared yeah. to the other way before. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and the last question about being a chef here is, uh, was there a piece of advice that was really useful to you, but it was really, really hard to hear at the time? 
um like maybe you felt really bad hearing it or yeah uh, something like that shut up the chef knows better and it's true if the guy is a chef when i was a commie you know i was young mm -hmm. 14 15 big mouth and uh you know kind of not tough with authority but you don't like when people tell you to do stuff you know you think you yep. know better and uh, I, I, when I learned uh, my first year into cooking, was it was a tough kitchen. My my head chef was it's a pain in the ass, and you know where I was already working 14, 15 hours a day at fourteen years old. You know, he told me you want to work with me, you're gonna work like the adults, and that's why I did. And uh, at the beginning, you know, he would tell me to shut up, listen, and do what the chef tell you to do because he knows better. And that that's why I tell people, you know, in the good in the good way of saying it, not like a like uh, I'm a dictator and that's the way, no other way, you know, just sometimes stop, listen, understand and do it. You know, that's the only thing people, yeah. people want to do things too fast. Sometimes you need to step back, think twice and do it. So my advice that people told me always is think twice and do it. Really interesting. That's yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's, I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because when you're young and you start, you want to show yeah. up and you want to do stuff quickly. And that's when you make mistakes. Yep. And, uh, you know, I still use that advice in my everyday job. You know, I face a situation and instead of acting and, and take the wrong decision, I'm like, you know, give me a couple of minutes. I'm going to sort it out. And, you know, you think about it, think twice. Okay. I think that's the best situation. We do it that way. And, uh, and especially with the new generation, it's even worse than my generation now with TikTok and all that. People just want to go through stuff so fast, you know? They want yeah. they want action. It's good, but you can't have action straight on, uh, right straight away, you know? Sometimes you need to think twice and do it properly. Oh, that's 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 fascinating. That's really good advice. Okay, let's enter our kind of our hot round of questions. These are gonna be kind of just sort of random sounding questions um about photography and other things yeah um primes versus zooms uh zooms zooms yeah every everyone has said zooms so far Man, I, <laughs> I know primes is sharper and all that but sometime on the field you need a bit of uh yourself um you know to to be able to be close to be far you need you know you're gonna go on the field Sometimes you know what you're going for, but sometimes you don't know what you're going to encounter, you know? But mm -hmm. yesterday I was on my kayak. Imagine I had only my 800. Yeah, it'd be fucked. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I start with my 100 to 400 and I got closer, closer, and I got my 200 out and I could zoom, 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 you know? And it's just having a zoom lens is like having like five lens in your bag because yep. you can change so much, you know, the depth of field, the, you want to do a small in frame, cool. You know, with the 800 on you, if you want to do a small in frame, either the animal is going to be so far away that it's going to be A's everywhere and you won't see nothing, or, you know, or it's going to be a very small animal. But it's just, it's to choose, even if it's sharper uh, prime, I would go with the zoom. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed I've been, I've been switching my primes out for zooms recently. And I've kind of realized that, like, at least these newer, like really high end zooms. Yeah. They're like, they're as good as the primes for image qualities. It's not like you're not even trading that off anymore. It's yeah. usually just trading off maybe, like maybe the zooms are going to be a bit bigger. Like my, this is the 28 to 70 yeah. that I'm um, filming myself with here, right? F2 lens, you know, it's like F2 versus F1.4. So, you know, it's not that much of a difference. 
and you get that amazing flexibility of you know 28 to 70 yeah um and i'm really loving that i've been loving my uh 200 to 400 f4 that's been great i'm probably gonna add a 15 to 35 and a uh 7200 yeah number, number seven on 7200 yeah so <laughs> we'll see how that goes but um you know just having that flexibility is is fantastic and it, you just when you're in the field you just have so many more options so many more shots you can take and you don't have to worry um you also have to worry about lens swapping as much yeah um and it's great and you know i have like the 800.56 and um for now it's staying in my in my kit but the reality is i don't bring it out that much i'm mostly using the 200 to 400 or some of my other lenses so it's uh i don't know like i know a lot of people are very are very big sticklers for the primes but you know for me now it's like i'm trying to be more versatile in the way i'm shooting i don't think it's uh it's not as like straightforward as it was before let's put it that yeah, way yeah yeah um next question is toilet paper do you use it in the field do you bring it actively how often do you end up using it i uh i always like 95 percent of the time i have it on me yep honestly i never use it <laughs> it's just uh it's just a old habit i have um as i'm swiss i was in the army yep. uh, you have to do your uh, military service and there's always like a few few things that you learn that you need to have with you on the field i'm i'm often too much stuff with me but we never know you know like yep. i have a lighter i have a matches i have a because you never know if it's going to rain whatever I have a bandage, I have a torch, I have a, a like, um, uh, do you call it a, a blanket, like those okay. uh, yeah. survival blankets? Yep. Because you know, when you're in a kayak, one day you fall in the water in March and it's like four degrees. I, I want a, I want those blankets, you know, it's like a foldable aluminum yeah, yeah. blanket. I always have this with me in my kayak. And uh, toilet paper, yeah, always a rope and uh, and my gear, you know, lots of SD card and stuff. Uh, I never had to use it on the field, but I'm sure one day I will, and I will be so happy I have it. Oh, oh my I, God, yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to to do anything with branches or leaf up my ass. <laughs> you you listened to the um, episode with Jack, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we obviously had. I, we've obviously had to use uh we, i know what it's like to not have it and it's uh it's not great because yeah, <laughs> i mean sometimes uh, you get so excited on the field i understand people with uh with a soft stomach they can you know go and shit themselves you know <laughs> <laughs> yep yep they go shit themselves and then they'll fall back into it yeah yep <laughs> they'll have to bear bald in your uh, in your car <laughs> um mammals versus birds i go with uh I go with birds. Yeah, and why is that? Uh, I think uh, most of mammals are very overrated um, because they're too big and they're very easy to spot, I guess. But uh, uh, not all of them. But uh, I, I just love loons. Loons is uh, my number one uh, yeah. anim animal to to photograph. And yes, it's a bird. It's not a duck. Uh, and uh, I love foxes. But foxes now it's kind of Kind of boring to me uh i love owls owls and loons so i'll go with bird okay awesome um is street photography worthy of respect it's shit i hate it <laughs> useless <laughs> I, it's maybe maybe i'm too dumb maybe i don't understand but for me 99 of of those photography is is snapshot it's just 
sometimes I don't understand. Like people are like crazy. Wow, it's great. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a picture. This I don't see any composition. Yep. I don't see any lights. I don't I don't see just, fuck all. Just a pylon. Yeah, it's just shit. <laughs> yeah, I I um it's funny because I teach street photography as part of my uh one of the places I teach for. And every time I teach it, I'm just like like ah, uh, it's like guys, you're you're you might not respect this after you uh after you fin- after you finish this class. Yeah. I mean, we focus on street photography with people though, so at least there's you know some kind of subject matter there. Yeah, that's different. If there's yeah. like 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 if you mix like portrait and and like yep. uh and you do in urban city whatever, okay, that's different. But when you just like take pictures of, of stuff <laughs> of a moment or or stuff, it's just like it's very it's very boring like there's some some stuff sometimes with shadows and lights but there's only like one image out of a thousand i'm like yeah that looks good and that's that's it that's the only one out yeah of a thousand. yeah there's a certain culture around that kind of um that kind of photography i find kind of interesting where it's like i i almost like yeah they just kind of people just go out and just take snapshots and it's like they're happy with the snapshots I'm like fine you know, you're allowed to you're allowed to be happy I, with your snapshots. I know where you want to take me. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we, probably, we keep it into the DM. Probably you know? I give you your daily I give you your daily dose every day. I share the picture <laughs> with you. Yeah, probably probably best not to go too deep into that one. Uh, <laughs> uh close ups or environmentals? Uh I, I used to be close up. Now I'm I'm, I'm uh, environmental. Enver- I can't say it, man. Second one. Okay, environmental. Uh, yeah, sometimes close up. Like if it's like very sharp, you like you want to show something like a reflection in the eye or whatever. Why not? But uh, no more for me. It's too European. I want to show the whole scene. You know. Yep. Yeah, I've kind of uh, myself kind of abandoned the close up for the most part. I, I still take I still take them, but um. Yeah, I think I like to have a bit of diversity in there. You know, if if you just have close-ups, it's kind of gets kind of old pretty fast, right? You know, like last year, uh, duck season, like uh, October, November, I was doing a lot of lots of close-up of ducks, and uh, you know, it, it takes skills to be that close from those skittish birds. But uh, at the end, you only show the skills you're able to get close. You don't show nothing else, you know. And uh, so this year. Um, it's starting soon the duck season it will definitely uh, be something on my list to uh, to really include a lot of landscape you know more environment i can't say that fucking word man yeah. <laughs> environmental yeah i can say it in french but in english it's just i can't so uh, <laughs> I, that's that's something on my uh, bucket list with the fall colors and uh, the winter uh, all those uh, ducks are coming around there slowly and uh, i will i will try to get out more with my 200s uh, as last year, I had the 800, so it was it was easier to get close portrait of those of those uh, ducks. Are you willing to swear your allegiance to the Church of Shorb Jesus? I'm not, man. I can't. <laughs> uh, Shorebirds is uh, it's tough. Uh, I wanted to get more into it uh, this year. Uh, it's just a problem. The lakes are so high at the moment. There's no yep. beach. And uh, there's some, but it's too far from where I live. And uh, as I'm trying to be only in a 50 kilometer around my house, it's I don't have any uh, large beach near that area. So for now, till the lake's still high, uh, I can't shoot shorebirds. Not the one I want. Uh, I had some shot last year, but none of them I'm happy with. Um, 
I don't know if Aaron, Aaron, Green Aaron, Gray Aaron, if you can call them shorebirds, but for me, not really because they're here all summer long. For me, shorebirds is really the one that migrate higher up north. Yeah, I, I, I would consider herons to be in the class of like waders, where they, they like to wade in the water, but they're not kind of yeah. feeding on the shore in the same way. Yeah, um, it's, so I don't I don't count them as shorebirds. So um, I would love to be more uh, involved into uh, shorebirds images, and uh, when I make that sacrifice, uh, I, I join the church. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I think you might have mentioned this earlier, but what's your favorite animal to photograph or favorite animals? Uh, you in know general, it, let's say both. Let's do both. Okay, so. Uh, I go with I go with uh I go with loon for photography. I don't know. I I'm so obsessed with them. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it they they just uh I I don't know. I just love them. They they're beautiful. They they the large birds and the the way they they sing is so loud and and uh, still it's a weird animal. You know they can't even walk. They have to like push themselves on the yeah, shore. Yeah, they're very it's, incompetent on land. <laughs> yeah, and the way they they they. They land on the water or take off. They're just too big to be normal. Yeah. You know, something yeah. went wrong when when whoever <laughs> made them made them. You know, they're and, very they're very silly. Yeah, and otherwise, uh, I love I love bears, grizzly, black bear. It, it's uh they they fa- they are fascinating. They you know I fear them, but I want to be close from them to picture them. Yeah, I, de- I did see them when i was on the west coast uh i have a few photography of them unfortunately uh i was i didn't have the good gears at this time when i saw the bears um it was I, i've been searching them in quebec for the past few months but they're not uh they're hard to find around here yeah uh, so um so I, I didn't get a close encounter from a black bear for a long time but it's it's animal I want to photograph. It's they are my fa- favorite one. You know, cool. at some point they're cute, but they you need to fear them. You know? Oh yeah, they are oh. big, big mammals. Yeah, bears are bears are cool. I yeah, maybe if I uh, take a trip out west, I'll kind of spend a bit more time with them. My um, my dreams to go to Alaska and see them fishing. I yeah. don't care if it's a tourist place with the two hundred photographer. For that time, uh, I will just you know make the exception. It's just. I want to photograph them when uh, white the fish salmon. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I've I've seen them. So I I've done a bit of traveling in the West Coast, Alaska, and um, the Yukon. Yeah. And um, yeah, like they're they're surprisingly common actually out there. It's it's kind of it's kind of like you'll be driving by, you'll just see one on the side of the road playing with a rock or something. Yeah. And um, or you'll see them just like kind of chilling fishing. Uh, it's a, it's a definitely worth they're definitely worth going out even if you um. I mean, I wasn't into photography at the time. I was my parents took me out there to go on a fishing trip. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, no, they're they're really cool, really cool animals. Um, what's your least favorite animal? Uh, I think I kind of uh, hate the uh, warbler now. All those small <laughs> birds. Uh, you know, sorry, Karim. Yeah, fuck uh, warblers. Yeah, I don't know. They they colorful, they nice, and all that, but it's just uh, the the small birds. They're kind of boring now. I'm trying to get, you know big bigger mammals bigger birds and you know rarer animal rarer stuff you know yeah people don't want to see people don't want to buy people don't want to see those pictures of those small birds they don't care and i don't care Uh, i used to care because i wanted to add more name on my list 
Um, but now the the warm season, uh, I don't even bother going out. It's it's full of fucking mosquitoes, and it's just <laughs> I don't I don't want to go into the branches to get picture of them. They're always high in the trees, and you know I respect people who manage to get high level of those birds. Man, uh, good to you. You you sacrifice hours doing that, but I I don't see the point. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Hours with the uh, the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm... I've mentioned this in the episode with Kareem, but it's, it's, um, warblers are one of those things I just, I, I struggle. Like, I, I like them in principle. I just, like, don't like photographing them in Ontario around where I am. It's not really the best for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do the whole Bluetooth speaker thing. So it was never really something that, um, what's the point, you know? What's yeah, the point? Well, and the, thing is, and the thing is, no one, like, the people that are, like, buying stuff for me, like product services or, um, you know, the prints and stuff. Like they don't, they literally do not want them. Like with shorebirds, at least like there's like, you know, people like the beach. They like, you know, it kind of reminds them of like a happy summer day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like warblers, like doesn't really remind them of anything. It just kind of, if anything reminds them of like insects and annoying things. So it's like, I've never ever once had any interest in, from people in like a short, in a, um, in a warbler photo. Whereas yeah. like, I have like tons of interest in, in the, uh, shorebird stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, What's your proudest moment in your photography? Uh, first time I met the loon. <laughs> I'm boring. <laughs> no, there's, uh, there's, the first time I met the loon was uh, very, very special because uh, the first year into photography, I went to look for loons and I didn't add the kayak at this time. So I, I couldn't find any. And, you know, I was, I, I was not sure how to find them properly. And, you know, I thought they were higher up north. And so I could find any. The second year I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, start looking where, what kind of lake they like, you know, uh, how they make the nest and all that. And I bought a kayak. Then, uh, you know, it took me about two months to find the right spot. Then uh, one morning I, I, I was supposed to go to a lake and the lake was closed. They closed the fence. So I was like, fuck. So I was like, I look on Google map and it was the other lake nearby. And um, there was a place where I could go with the kayak. I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. And I literally opened the door of my car and all I could hear is the loon singing on the lake. I was like, that's, that's fucking jackpot. So <laughs> I've got the, I got the kayak on the lake. I got there. There was uh, six of them and uh, two hours with them. They, they, they were so close. Like they came and, and, and hit against my kayak. So I could like, I could hug them if I wanted to, you know? And uh, so I waited for that moment for over a year. I like, dream about that moment, you know? And uh, I, 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 I took, over 4,000 images that day, way too much. But I got like sun, like like dark hours before sunrise, sunrise, like golden sunrise, pink sunrise. After I had the, I had the morning light, like golden hour. And after it was, the, the lake was so flat, mirror. You know, the first loon image I post last year, but basically all the loon image I post, post on my Instagram for a whole year was all taken the same day with the same loon. <laughs> and it looked like it's been taken on 20 different days. You know, it's, it was, it was crazy. Like I, I, I couldn't believe it. And uh second most uh, happiest time is probably uh, the great uh, horn owl. I've been following for a whole year now. And uh, it's, it's, it's literally four minutes from a house. And uh, oh, wow, that's amazing. And you know, the I look at the first images I took of them. They were just flying off or very high in the trees, and you know, working bits and bits and bits and approaching different way and and uh, and all that. And we managed to, you know, when I when I got my first clear shot of them on the branch, nothing around. I was like, wow, that's 
you know, it's big achievement. Worked very hard to get that and very proud of it. And uh, I, I printed it on my wall in my bathroom and I look at it every day and I was like, see, never give up. That's that's the thing, never give up. That's Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what is the most shameful moment in your photography? Does that include Photoshop? <laughs> okay, excluding Photoshop. Uh, I'm not sure, man. It's, uh, it's not... You know, Photoshop, I'm not really ashamed. It's just, it's, I know you told me exclude Photoshop, but I still need to talk about it. It's a dark period of my of my photography journey. I'm not ashamed of it. I think I went through it and it, uh, you know, I took good bits out of it and uh, it, it, that helped me to get get me where I am today. You know, it was, it mm -hmm. was a phase, it was a bad phase, but it, it, it just helped me to get better. And um, I think maybe the thing I'm, I'm more ashamed is, um, so like at the beginning I was doing photography, sometime I was probably getting too close to wildlife and, um, I never like flush a, a sleeping owl or anything. I, I never felt like, uh, fuck I did it. And that was wrong. You know, I always kind of stopped before, but still it was too much, you know? Yep. So sometime I think, uh, I, I went, I went too close, uh, to, uh, wildlife and uh, you know the the coyotes then i found in here in quebec uh that's probably the the most shame moment i had you know i found that then there's six coyotes in there i was able to watch them a few days back to back to back mm -hmm. you know? uh, i took the precaution uh, you know I, I i i left my clothes in the forest to keep my smell away from my house you know like i was changing clothes into the forest to 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 try to keep the human smell the the father as possible uh to not leave any trace in the forest you know because when i post the first image of coyotes people told me you know you need to be careful because if the female see you or smell you it's gone the the baby's gonna leave she, she's gonna take the babies away and that's what happened uh the, the three days in after three days in a row i went there took more more precaution i could uh the mom came through the night and took the the babies away so she moved them to another den and uh, she moved them uh, except one. She left one baby coyotes by, by himself. And uh, so I never told anyone about it. So it's a podcast. I'm saying it. I had to call the wildlife uh, uh, conservation uh, thingy to say, listen, I found a den. Uh, mom left with the the, the, the coyotes. Uh, the, she left one baby. What do I do now? And uh, they told me it's nothing to do. There's enough coyote in Quebec. We're not going to save him. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to let him die, you know? So I call a refuge uh, near my house where they take uh, like uh, endangered species or like uh, animals got hit by the road, whatever. And I say, listen, I told him the story and can you take care of him? And they say, yeah, we, we take care of him, but we're not going to be able to catch it. You need to catch it yourself. And uh, I, I wasn't able to catch it. So uh, I kept cameras there to keep an eye on him. And uh, after three weeks, the female finally came back. And uh, she came and get the last baby. So the coyotes is safe, finally. But I felt very, very guilty because I felt I I, I did the best I could not to um, to disturb them. But I did disturb them. And uh, that made uh, the female to move the babies, and maybe uh, maybe that baby would have died uh, if she never would come back. You know, but I was watching the camera for three weeks. He would, you know, he would pee, he would go for shit. Uh, I don't know how he found food, but he was eating. He was not skinny. He was 
you know, he was he was still living his life by himself, but he was still living his life, you know. Yeah. Uh, that, I think the most ashamed moment would be that, like, maybe that day with the Coyote, I, I crossed that line of going there too often, like three days in a row. Even if I took precaution, probably not enough. I mean, the third day, they were kind of used to me and uh, the other friend I was with. And they came so close that he, they came and smelled the hood of my camera, yeah. you know, of my lens. And I think that's when we crossed the line. Maybe it, it was too much, you know, it was, we, we, we're too, comp too, too, too sure what we're doing, but we, it, it was, it was wrong, you know? Yeah. You know what? Um, I never talked about this myself, but a few years ago, um, it's like 2020. So this is not the, probably not the box photos that people know from me, but before the year before that, um, I pushed my luck on a Fox 10. Yeah. And um, I was there maybe three, four times. And the same thing happened. The mom, well, actually, what actually happened is um, uh, our scent. So me and two other photographers were there. So it wasn't yeah. like a huge crowd or anything, but there was a few of us. Um, our scent kind of alerted the local coyotes to this Fox 10. All right. And they um, were trying to dig them out. So, um, and kill them. And, um, I don't think they, they didn't didn't succeed, but what ended up happening is um, the mom did end up moving the like all six or seven of the babies over, and I think a few of them did succumb to the coyotes over the um, period of a few weeks there. And it's, just, it's hard to tell like how much of an impact I had, but I do know that I did push my luck too far on that fox den. Yeah, and I still feel a lot of guilt towards that to to this day. Yeah, and I've always. I kind of keep that moment as a reminder of, you know, I fucked up here and, um, you know, even just being there, being present, it can be too much for some animals. And, um, I think, you know, it's our job as wildlife harvest to be, to be as ethical as we can be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, we, we, we all make mistake at one point, you know, it's by yep. making mistake that we learn and, and uh, me, I, I, I was kind of glad that I had those cameras set up all around the den so I could see what was going on when I wasn't there, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's when I realized that uh, the mom came and picked them up and all of them at the end. And so I felt better knowing that the mom picked up the last one and he didn't die somewhere, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I felt I felt terrible when when the I realized the mom moved the first baby. I was like, that's all my fault. You know, I would have never show up there. They would live their life and everyone was happy, yep. you know? And um, so I, I, I felt shit. I felt shit at the beginning. And, uh, you know, the fact that I had the camera to see what was going on and if everyone moved somewhere else, maybe they die somewhere else. I don't know, but hopefully not. But at least, you know, make me feel better knowing that the mom got all the all those kids, all those babies out and took care of them somewhere else, you know? Yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's, always, it's always challenging when you're trying to deal with things because you're, you're you do want to get produced images right yeah so you do um so I, I like you do find yourself kind of pushing your luck sometimes to for the images and sometimes you got to take a step back and think about the animals and um i mean i'm better at that now but i used to be um you know like like everyone else you know who you know crowds animals and it's like you have you have to you kind of have to learn through experience yeah, to a certain yeah. degree and like a I like I'll see people in Toronto like crowding the owls and stuff, and um, yeah, it's everywhere the same. That's that's yeah. why I'm I'm running away from those crowd now. 
So, you yep. know, there's, there's two rare bird species in Quebec at the moment. Everyone is rushing there every day. There's a ibis and uh, some kind of remember, I don't know the name of the other ones, like a pink spatula bird, whatever. Normally, they don't go higher than Florida, you know, but for yep. some reason, they end up in Quebec now. And uh, people keep sending me the location and I'm like, okay, I don't care. I'm not going to go. There's like, you keep telling me it's busy. You need to go there early because a lot of people are like, I, I don't want to be part of that. Like, yeah, yeah. He's already lost because he, he migrates way too high up north and he's just seeing hundreds of photographers chasing him through the, the, the river and stuff. I'm not, I'm not interested. And, you know, at the beginning, yeah. And I start photography, uh, I was buzzing. Oh, there's an owl there. I need to go there. I need to get those shots because it's amazing. But I didn't understand the the, the stress you can put on, on the animal. And, 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 you know, just the stress can kill an animal. That's it. There's yeah. no need to be, yeah. you don't need to touch him or anything. Just the stress can kill a bird, you know. And uh, when you understand that, you, you know, you, you don't chase the, the best footage, you know. You, you think about the 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 well-being of the animal and after of your shot you know yep no for sure and like when i see scenarios like that i people will, like will tell me it's like oh go see this and it's like i i i feel like i can't really live with myself knowing that i kind of maybe was that one extra person that uh, caused the animal to get that extra level of stress and die right yeah um you know it's like it, i'll never be able to know that but you know just if you know, it's not something I need to do. And so it's not something that I want to, um, I, I want to support as a, as a photographer. It's, I don't yeah. think it's a, I don't think it's a good, um, I, I think it kind of goes against the spirit of, of wildlife photography. I guess that's the way to, we way should to be, it. we should be the one showing the example. We, the one yeah. posting images of wildlife that people can see and normally can see. So we should do it the right way. You know, we should respect the animal and, and, and show the images of an uh, animal that has been respected, you know, not been stressed out and yep. stuff. No, exactly. Um, in terms of photography styles, what's your favorite style um, that you see? And what's yeah. your least favorite style? It's, I, I don't know, man. It's, I, my, my, I don't have like a favorite photographer or style at the moment. You know, as I'm still looking for my own style. I'm still looking at every style, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a few photographer I love what they do, but not not only in the images, it's also in the content they give on Instagram, like yep. the storytelling. You know, there's a there's that photographer in Quebec called Eric Nature, and um, he does like big kayak trips, six days. You know, take all his food and stuff, and mm-hmm. he do like a small documentary. You know, every day, the first day, show you what he put in his kayak and the gears got, and you know. And they take you through his journey, you know, like living yeah. the journey with him. And I, I think, I think that's great more than his own style of photography. He does some good images, some I, I like less, you know. But uh, it's for me, I respect more a photographer of of the whole content he's giving me mm-hmm. than more of just the image he's producing. And um, so the, I don't have like big haters or big lover. The 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 people usually that are I hated their image too much. I just unfollowed them and that's it. I stopped looking at their work. Like uh, they, this, that guy would do a lot of Photoshop at the moment. Um, I can't remember his name. Was it Alan something? Oh yeah, yeah, Alan. It's just yeah. It's, it's in, he's into that dark face. I, yep. I call it on the group. We need to help him because it, 
and uh, you know he's posting all he's honest about it you know we all know he's doing photoshop and he's yep. posting he's editing uh but we can't even put comment on his image I, w- I want to comment his image we can't because he blocked the comment section then i dm him a few times and never get any reply so so you know and seeing every day is going deeper deeper into photoshop some images are okay some are very shit and i'm like okay i don't want to see this no more I just unfollow and yeah, uh, yeah I, I, st- I stopped looking at people that they don't you know i don't like i don't like what they do uh i just stop unfollowing him so I don't have big haters or big lover. I just, I, I just love the 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 whole adventure with a photographer, the whole yeah. storytelling. I'm still, I, I still love storytelling, even if a lot of people probably bullshit. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still a good client. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I think you kind of think about things in a very kind of healthy way. <laughs> well, you uh, can get uh, relatively speaking. Uh, I'm 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 a relaxed relaxed guy, you know. For me, there yep. there's no big struggle in life. There's no big deal. There's always a solution. So me, I, I'm I'm not putting too much pressure on myself, or I'm not uh I'm not expecting uh too too much from other photographer, or um, you know, I, if I follow someone and a, his his photo is not high to his standard, I'm not, I'm not gonna be disappointed, or because I had people telling me like sometimes they put uh, they post shit images and they get comment in in DM say oh you shouldn't post this because it's not high to your standard or like you know fuck you he does what he wants you know he wants to post that image let him post that image yep. you know I I do comment sometimes on other people saying oh your image is not sharp or or that guy posts on threads the other day that fox image like with green nose and like oh yeah. Yeah, I can't believe like he had so many positive comments saying, I don't know if it's my phone will would change the color of the photo or it's just everyone being so dumb. Like the, the color grading is so bad. The nose is green of a fox and there's green patches everywhere. It just something went wrong in the editing. And, and this guy usually is very consistent and he just posted and and I say something wrong with the green. And he was like, what is wrong? And he, I, I don't know, maybe it's just my phone showing wrong colors, but is i i do comment on people but after you know at the end of the day they do what the fuck they want i, yeah. I don't care you know if he's happy of what he posts you know let him be happy like i'm happy when i post something and if somebody's not happy that's it you know yeah you know for sure i do i do find it i do think it's also a little different when like it's someone like someone has a like a soft image that's someone just out of focus right just saying that's out of focus that's not an insult you're just pointing you're just pointing out what you, what you see yeah <laughs> and people get so offended by it. it's like well it's like but it's but it's out of focus. Yeah, it is, it is what it is. It is it's it is. just it is like the sky is blue. Yeah, the sky is blue, and I'm just pointing out. There's nothing to get angry at it. You know, I'm just telling yeah. you it's out of focus, and <laughs> it maybe it help you, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it make you angry, but you know, at the end of the day, if if you don't if you don't like comment from other people, do like Alan, just block the comment section. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. People people want only positive, only positive reception on things, and it's like I, I I get it. Right, it feels good to get only positive reception right but if you like do something like that's like if you if you have an out of focus image right like and you i would like people to say if i have an out of focus image i like people to tell me it's out of focus yeah, because they, like you know I, I i share i share a coyote image a few weeks ago whatever yeah and and he was out of focus mm-hmm. and uh i think it's karim will point it out i can't remember what it is and and i only realized when somebody told me like because my computer screen is not that high definition. And sometimes I, I do struggle to see all the yeah. fine detail. And I look at it, the image again. And it was, yeah, it was out of focus. And I was like, 
well, thanks for telling me because I didn't realize I didn't get angry at it. I'm angry at myself because <laughs> I was able, I was, a, I wasn't able to make it sharp on the field. And I didn't even realize when I edited, you know, and I'm more angry at myself that the, the guy who told me the comment, you know, I thank the guy and I'm like, I'm just going to do better next time because yep. I, I need to work on that. You know, uh, I think that image was like taken at uh, 2.8 with my uh, 70 to 200 lens. And it, it's a kind of, of range I'm I'm not used to shoot. You know, 2.8 doesn't yeah, give quite you, shallow. It, it, you know, and sometimes in those situations, you need to maybe shoot f1.4 or a bit higher, you know, and it's it, those occasions are so rare that you're not ready I'm not experienced enough to say, oh, well, you know, maybe at this, I need to to put higher aperture or, you know, it, it, it you learn it's process, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's by people telling you this image is not sharp. Okay. Why isn't sharp? Should it be too slow? And I was high should speed. Okay. Maybe should higher app stop, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. I remember, uh, I remember Kareem and I were talking about that particular image. I think, yeah, I think we decided that he would message you and, but yeah, we were just kind of we were kind of discussing it. We we're trying to figure out what exactly was going on. It was just out of focus, right? But I mean, like people make mistakes, and it's fine to if you think it's like, like give you the benefit of the doubt, right? It's like yeah, it's it's a fine to point out, you know, like a minor a minor like mistake like that. It's not it's nothing to get mad about. Um, I mean, like everyone, it happens to everyone. Like I I had a masking error on one of my images, and you know, like no one pointed out. I wish someone pointed it out because I it was a, such an easy fix. I could have just reposted it. Yeah. Um, and I'll have to come back around to reposting that uh, eventually. But you know, it's like you know stuff like that. Like like maybe you don't necessarily need to leave a message, but maybe just that, like give someone a little little DM, let them know that they had like a little minor error like that. You know, it's fine. It's like you just get especially especially if it's day of. You know, tell them day of so that they can pull it and then post it again. Yeah, I mean, I prefer someone telling me straight in my face something's wrong with my image than than just people bitching behind and 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 you're not gonna get any better if if no one ever tell you something's wrong with what you do, you're not gonna get any better. You're yeah. like, oh, people like it, I'm just gonna carry on, and you, you're never gonna uh, um, rethink your way of doing stuff. You know, you never. You think you're good at it, people are always happy with that, and you're just not gonna try to get any better. When people start to say. Oh, maybe you should try a bit sharper, higher shutter speed, or something looks wrong. You you're gonna think twice and you know, trying to get better every time. Yep. And or or you just don't care. I mean, sometimes people comment on my image and like, oh, the the framing is weird. And um, okay, I hear it, but me, I, I like that framing. Like uh, I did a wood dog last year, it was very high into the frame. You know, it's mm -hmm. usually usually we don't crop like this. But yep. the reflection on the lake, I like the colors and I, I wanted to show that. And, you know, the the rules is maybe you should frame like that, but I like it that way. And, uh, you know, I post it that way and uh, keep it that way because it's the way I want it. Yep. But when we talk about focus or, or you know, if we did a masking and we can see it, you know, I, I like when people, you know, point it out because I will be more careful next time I do some masking or next time I post an image to make sure it's sharp, you know? Yeah, and those things are things are not like artistic choices. Usually, they're just like yeah. little errors. So it's nothing. You're not we're not, we're not like insulting your art by saying that the shot's a little out of focus. We're just saying it's 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 a little out of focus. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. uh, and I'm happy when somebody pointed out. You know. Okay, so I think we've um kind of we've covered a lot here. I think we can start. I think we can wrap this guy up. 
All right. Uh, this is super fun, and I really enjoyed having you on. I love talking about the Photoshop thing, and I really thought you were, that was really interesting talking about your experience as a chef. Um, yeah, it was it was good, man. Uh, you know, I had a lot of stuff going through my life. You know, we didn't talk about my uh, my my gambling time in my life when I nearly quit cooking to become a poker player. Oh, but, oh really? But, yeah, but we're gonna keep that for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we we can we can do a, another episode about that. That'd be really interesting. <laughs> That's good. Well, okay, thank do you, have you any, for uh... having me, and uh, and uh, I remind you if you want to see me on my social media, it's uh, into the wild dot with my lens, and. Uh, Hope uh, to see you soon, uh, guys, on my uh, social media. Okay, and uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're all set. Uh, take care, everyone. Hope you enjoy this episode. It was really fun. Um, this is Wildlife Photography Unhinged, and I'll see you next time.